Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Mark Will. I'm not going to let my logic brain get in the way. I am a seeing, feeling human being. Rich Ornberger. Yeah, I believe. I believe they're going to be great, but I need to see consistency, Mark. This is the Mark and Rich Show. Mark and Rich Show. In your city and around the world on the iHeartRadio app, it's Mark and Rich, noon to 3 p.m. every single day on Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego, 1350 Fox Sports in the IEP Fox. And for Mark Willard, he's on sabbatical. I always think you're going to say... In your face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Pete uh, is his second day now, obviously going to be uh, sitting out the list later in the show when Mark calls in again. How dare you? No, listen. You know what should happen is you should sit out or I'll play in favor of you and then you might get a win. I'll host the thing and I'll I'll give my lifeline to you. I'll tell you what, that's not the problem. I've just been paired with with some guys who come to the table lacking some some correct answers. There ability to cheat is not as good as the guys that Mark is getting. Let's put that out there. If I could for the list today, when we go to the phones, get the best Googler, that would be fantastic. So <laughs> yes, thank if you. If you're one of those people that have two cell phones, <laughs> call in. Right. Uh, also, uh, well, listen, we got a packed show again today. Vinny Bonsignor will join us in the one o'clock hour. Going to get some updates. He had a recent conversation with Dean Spanos. That should be fun. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, talking to Dean Spanos, but it's a lot of fun talking to Vinny. He's got some insight there. Interested to see how things are going in the fight for L.A. Um, And that's kind of where we start here. I want to get into the fight for San Diego because the fight for L.A. is well-known. It's well-reported. We've been talking about how... I admire the way you've been able to say that multiple times today already without making a a smirk or straight face. You've said the fight for L.A. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's a very serious thing, Pete. Obviously, they're they're fighting for their lives, and they're fighting... The funny thing about the L.A. fight, and we'll get into this in a second, because Anthony Lynn had some fascinating things to say. Uh, we'll, We'll play that sound for you coming up here in just about 10 minutes. Um, but the Rams and the Chargers, they're, they're such messes. Uh, they're coming off of four win and five win seasons, both. Um, the Rams didn't do a lot to improve their roster this season, this offseason, I should say. Uh, the Chargers are already heading down the path of injuries and uh, some awful play well, out of the offensive line. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, it's, been, it's been a tough road to tow watching either of those teams compete. And um, the Chargers could leave this weekend, 0-3 in the preseason, and I think that would be a big problem for him. But we'll get to that in a second. Got to hear this Anthony Lynn sound we have for you. Um, but the fight for San Diego goes on. And what I mean by that is you have this Aztec football team, and um, we are now in single digits as far as the countdown to game one when they take on UC Davis at home. Uh, then they're going to go on the road to ASU and then come back home and play Stanford. I mean, this season's on us. There's going to be there's going to be two Pac-12 opponents on this schedule within the next four weeks. And uh, look, the buzz about town is still really about the Chargers leaving still. And it's interesting because 
I, I obviously I'm affiliated with the the Aztecs now, so so I'm diving into this thing with both feet, and I'm I'm learning a lot about the roster, and I'm gonna bring the call uh, come come Aztec weekends. But the funny thing about it is, this is a very good football team. Yeah, it's the Mountain West Conference. I understand that, but back to back championships, 22 wins over two seasons. This has been an impressive run for a team in San Diego, a football team, especially in a town that, that you know, has been hovering over and around a very losing football team in the Chargers. So I look at the situation we're in right now and I start to say to myself, are people going to dump the Chargers for the Aztecs? Is that going to happen? Can that happen? Can you make that transition? Are you a pro football fan or a college fan, or are you just are you just a football fan? Look, they're very different games to be fans of. There are, to me, if you're a football fan, there are very few people that just pick one, right? Right, because they're they're very different. Uh, the, the atmosphere, the vibe, the game on the field. There's so many things about both of them that are different. And then you throw in people that are also high school football fans, which is also a completely different vibe. So you could have the whole weekend yeah. of football. You do Friday with high school, of course, Saturday for college, and then the pros on Sunday. So there is uh, a lot of different angles to be a football fan. I don't, I, I don't know that I've met very many football fans that only like one. I only watch college or right. only pro. Uh, to me, if you like football, you enjoy the differences in these two games. And I, I feel like there are plenty of people that are going to sure shift their interest level. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. doesn't mean they're going to okay. abandon, the, abandon the Chargers. They will just shift their interest level, pay more attention, focus on the Aztecs more than they used to like put an alert on their phone. Yeah. Hey, the game's starting in an hour. Hey, here's the score after the first quarter, et cetera. Five, seven, Oh, 13, 60. If you're out there and you're a former charger fan or still rooting for him, but you're loyal to the soil and you're going to be jumping in as I am, as, as Pete has described, maybe skewing your attention more towards the Aztecs call in and explain why, because I, look, I my my allegiance is really to this city. I moved here, fell in love with the place, obviously played for the Chargers, but I'm not going anywhere. I like being here. I like being around the teams that have been here. You know, I, I obviously, we still cover the Chargers because they're important to a lot of people here, but I don't feel nearly as close with them as I did prior to them leaving. It's it's impossible too. So I'm curious if that's that's felt and shared by fans of the team. Here's the thing that that this comes down on for me. It's an old Vince, or at least it's attributed most times to Vince Lombardi. It's a quote where he says, "Winning isn't everything; it's the only thing." Mm. And I hear that, and the first thing I think of is obviously the game being played on the field. But that that's every that 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 applies everywhere. I, you, you go to work, you're trying to win. I mean, the person who has the most sales in the sector, it's a employee of the month. He's in line to grab his promotion first. The valedictorian in high school, obviously, they're going to be going off to the best college. Um, you go to the best restaurants. You go, you go to the restaurants with the best tasting food. Everybody goes to an app now to, to look at how many stars a place has. Or, and then, and then you, you take off, you hop in your car, and you go find that place. So yeah, my wife's a big fan. I'm curious if that, that like, does that apply to your fandom of a team? I mean, the, Of course it does. Because, like, so we were talking about filling stadiums yesterday and about how better teams seem to have better attendance. Well, 
I, how about viewership? How about the fact that in San Diego, you have a winner? The Aztecs have won back-to-back Mountain West Ch- Conference championships. You've won two back-to-back bowl games. Uh, your starting quarterback with the team is 4-0 in postseason. I mean, this is a team that has been doing nothing but winning, but hasn't gotten a lot of the attention yet. And I'm curious if they're going to get more now because they're the only show in town or if it's because they're the winningest sports team around. Look, it's probably a little bit of both. But yes, the answer to the question is yes. They're going to get more attention because they are now the only football show. And it'll be a lot easier for people to jump on the bandwagon, so to speak. Hey, we don't have the Chargers here anymore. I want to pay attention to something very closely. And it turns out this team that is my only option is pretty good. That yeah. makes it a whole lot easier than if they were, you know, a team that was four and eight or something like well, that. I think I think it would almost feel like, and now look what we're left with if that were the case. But <laughs> yeah. now no, like truly with the Chargers right. leaving. There'll be a few go, people that are like, all right, I guess. But there there's that feeling like at least we have the Aztecs is what I hear the most. Like you you just mm-hmm. you you think to yourself well, at least we have this team that's been so good and maybe we can turn our attention there. Yeah, and the good news is, look, they start off with a pretty easy go of it to start the season. Stanford's for real. Arizona State lost their last six games. They haven't won uh, since September of last year. So they (laughs) don't know what winning is. So that game's very winnable. And of course, Davis, that game will be 80 to four. Does the conference bother people? The fact that they're Mount West and they're 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 not in a Power Five does that by like is that the reason why people are less avid about the Aztecs right now? Because I mean, it, it, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I I mean, I would say at first blush, yeah, it might for me. Like for for a moment, mm-hmm. like if I'm clicking through uh, uh, television, I'm trying to find what game I'm looking to watch. You know, it's it's uh, you know the, the the Florida Gators playing against Michigan. Yeah. You know, like I'll land Week on that. one, right? Yeah, like I'll land on it. You yeah, know what I mean? Of course. This is this is an issue with these these other conferences who are trying to grab that national attention. So the the games you just described, that ASU game especially, a winnable game, uh, to me, tremendously important for them to win. I mean, it really, it's not, is it a must win? You can't say that so early in a season. And really the only thing that matters is winning your conference, whatever conference you play in. And that's exactly what Rocky Long and a lot of the people with San Diego State have been saying. And I agree with it. That That is the most important thing. That's how you make headway. That's how you enter into a Power Five conference. That is an outright goal of this program. But I, I, I'm curious if that isn't something that's holding people back. I'm just trying to take the temperature here in the in, in San Diego with the Chargers leaving because it's it's tough to look at a team that's won as much and as well as the Aztecs have and to think, well, why aren't they getting as much support? So five seven. Well, they get pretty good support. Aren't they getting thirty plus thousand over there, at Qualcomm? Yeah, yeah. I, well, so wait. I mean, people are showing up. Look, the question I have is a little bit more about the people that aren't alum. Obviously, that's a huge faction of. San, San Diegans yeah. and a huge the demographic, right? A huge part of the people that go to the games and that are fans are people that went to school there. I know as an alum, I think I pay more attention strictly because of that. Right. Yeah. Obviously they're not a school that has that huge national football heritage the way a USC would or a UCLA or an Alabama or 
you know, another big Michigan, Ohio State, these schools that are obviously ranked quite frequently. Right. But, of course, have huge alumni associations, people that follow them across the country. So they are um, schools that have that, that that are bred into families to pay attention to, to root for, to be a fan of. And does San Diego State have that? Sure. But is it a national thing? Is it a big deal across the country? Probably not. Now, if they were in a bigger conference, it might spread a little bit farther. You mentioned rankings. I think it's important to point out that at the end of the season, they're ranked 25 uh, preseason rankings obviously come out and that takes into uh, uh, factoring in the attrition from losing seniors and graduating. They lost a bunch of starters with that senior group that moved on. Uh, obviously, Donnell Pumphrey moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Nico Saragusa anchoring the offensive line in his time with the Baltimore Ravens uh, and plenty of others. I mean, about a dozen starters in total. Uh, and you definitely have some some guys who are switching positions within the team. So starting at new spots, whether it's along the defensive line or in the defensive backfield, you have some issues there, too, as as well to address. I'm I'm going to turn it over to you, though. 570-1360. Randy, we got you on the line. Um, were you a Charger fan once? Are you still? And are uh, you adopting this team? What's going on with you? Yeah, what's up, what's up uh, Rich? Congratulations on your uh, color, man, for the Aztecs and stuff. Thanks, buddy. What I want to say about the Aztecs is they rock, man. Rocky Long has got that team going. Why wouldn't they deserve our, our support and stuff? They're the only team in, now, so we, uh, in town right now. So we should get behind them. Uh, we just had the all-time leading college rusher playing in the Mountain West, playing for the Aztecs. So I would say, in general, yes, they deserve our support. We Rand- have nothing else to cheer for any other football team. Randy, are you an alumni? Are you alumni of the school of San Diego State? Did you go there? Uh, no, no, I didn't. But uh, my my dad and my sisters are graduated from SDSU, so I'm. I'm kind of Aztec born and bred just because my, my dad and my sister graduated from there. So, yeah, I can uh, easily root for the Aztecs no matter what conflict they're in. Thanks for the call, Randy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you have you have ties to the program, and that probably stokes the fire to root for them. I'm curious, though, like because I, I went to school at Penn State. Yeah, everybody yeah, – That's a blue blood school, though. Well, everybody right. – but, I mean, the, the whole – the whole middle of that state shut down when they played football. Like yeah. people who didn't go to the school, just lived nearby would go. And I think it takes time. There's no doubt about it. And playing in the big 10 helps because you have the mm-hmm. cachet of a power five conference. But in, in this situation, I think what, what you also had in Pennsylvania or in that area of Pennsylvania that you also now have here in San Diego is isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have much to compete with. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Well, and that's kind of my. Well, don't don't. And look, right. it's it's just different on the East Coast and the Midwest. It's just different than it is here. Now there are situations like USC that have a long, rich heritage of winning championships. So people come out. Now, does everything shut down? No. There are still people doing a lot of other things. Sure, they'll get a full house at the, the Coliseum for a big game, but. It doesn't shut down the way it does in Ann Arbor or in Happy Valley or whatever. It's completely different, and I don't think it will ever be the same. So if you're looking for the explanation of how this compares to Happy Valley, you're never going to find that answer because it's completely different. Yeah, look, I I mean, the the fact that they are the only football show in town, like you had mentioned, I think – 
I think really does factor in. I, I, I hope it does because for, for me, again, like my vision is a bit skewed here because I'm learning this roster and I'm finding out all the unique things about this team for the first time, really. And, and it feels, it feels great to like get back into football. And, and be, I was out at their night scrimmage last night and I was like, you know, the hair raises on your neck. These guys mm-hmm. hit mm-hmm. like this, this is a team that a bunch of willing hitters, a bunch of hard workers, a head coach who's going to dog you if you're not doing well, who's going to praise you if you do. I mean, this they have a good handle on this situation down here. I'm really excited for the season ahead. But like I said, my vision is skewed here. So I'm curious. And 570-1360, we'll, we'll take calls on this all day long. If people are jumping off the Chargers bandwagon onto the Aztecs train because you just look at them and you say, they're a winner. They're here. You know, kind of screw the other team. I, I mean, they're gone. They're long forgotten as far as I'm concerned. Or can you root for both? Speaking of which, Anthony Lynn, the new head coach of the Chargers, first-year head coach, uh, obviously is in front of the media a lot now. He's the face of the team. He's the liaison between the players and the press on, on a weekly basis. And he recently had his uh, press conference up in L.A. after Chargers practice. And he had some, some – they're asking about the Rams game, the matchup that will be. Obviously, they had training camp practices against the Rams. And he was asked about the fighting that went on the field – Interesting way to answer that question. Here's what he had to say. I hope the guys play with the same fire and intensity, but we'll have the discipline not to have the fights. And for the record, we didn't start the fights anyway. <laughs> we didn't start the fights anyway. This is a guy. Thank who you, fell, Billy Joel. He fell off, <laughs> yeah, we didn't start the fire. This guy fell off the Rex Ryan coaching tree. Mm-hmm. Like, how the heck do you come to the table with we didn't f- start the fights? I, I look, I, I'm I'm a fan of, of coach speech in some situations when you get asked questions about scheme and you're trying to maybe assuage a longer conversation about how you're gonna beat a team. I get that stuff and I, I totally understand hiding things away from opponents. But when somebody asks you about the physical nature of your football team and you say they started it, I mean, <laughs> not a great look. Do you have the comment where he said something to the effect of our starters are really good. What we've seen on the field hasn't really been all that exciting and favorable, but our starting 11 are as good as anybody. Don't worry. We're going to be fine. You know what? We don't have that, but I want to play this piece of sound for you because this was all part of the same press conference. He had a lot of gems. (laughs) Anthony Lynn was cranking him out. Um, this is how he responded to the fight for L.A. Not really, because neither one of us have done anything yet. So, you know, you got to do something for it. Maybe, maybe the fight's between the marketing departments. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you. So, so this actually <laughs> reveals something. Um, that'd, be, that'd be a funny fight. That's like uh, Anchorman, you yeah. know, the, the <laughs> battle of the News network. News team assemble! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This, this, is, this is a really telling thing. I, I mean, obviously, coaches are hired to coach the team. Marketing people are hired to do their job. Um, but but those, those lines intersect all the time. We talk about it on radio. I, we're doing something very similar to the players in the sense that we're performing. And then there's people over our heads, quite literally, in the offices upstairs trying to sell things, right? And occasionally they come down here and they say, hey, look, we want you to do this. We want you to do that. And somewhere in the middle of the art or the performance and the sales, you, you end up having a radio show. That's very similar to what the Chargers are doing, too. 
But Anthony Lynn, I think he's doing a poor job of answering these questions because he's tipping the hand too much. Uh, and, and y- you know, this, this, this battle, this strife with the Rams to own this market from a professional football standpoint. Are you saying he is not Belichickian in his answers? Well, he's too open? He, no, I, you know what? I think, I think he's just missing on all of it. I think that Rex Ryan was very open, but he was charismatic and entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he'd let you into what was going on, the inner workings of the team, but he delivered in a way where you're like, oh, that's just Rex, right? And good football coach, bad football coach, whatever you feel about him, he had he had this act that worked. Belichick, great football coach, terrible at press conferences. You get nothing from him, but it works for him. He's endeared himself. Anthony Lynn, he's getting in front of the microphone, and it sounds like he's putting his foot in his short answers. Yeah, well, that's, look, isn't that the hardest part of taking the step from being a coordinator or a coach at any other position on the team to being the head coach? That is, without a doubt, the hardest part of being that person in that role, because the duties that you have are so far and above just coaching the team. And it's not just football. It's any sport where you got to talk to the media when you have obligations to talk to uh, season ticket holders, groups of people, uh, promoters, people that are investing. There are there's just the requirements on your time above and beyond the coaching aspect of things is just huge. And that's what all they all say. That's the hardest part of it. And if they didn't have to do that, the job would be easy. But the fact is you do have to do it. And that's why you get paid the big bucks to be a head coach, because there's so much involved with it. And without a doubt, it takes a little while to kind of get your arms around it, to yeah. understand it, to, to, to say, all right, this is all, you know how you guys always talk about things slowing down. Yeah. I'm sure for a guy like Anthony Lynn, it hasn't slowed down yet. He's like, I'm trying to coach his team and I got to go talk to the media and I got to talk to those people. It's like unbelievable for him. Well, he's thrown, it's out of the frying pan into the fire. When you go from being an assistant to a head coach, there's mm-hmm. no question about that. Um, two things. I mean, they could end up going 0-3 if they don't beat the Rams this weekend. And then also it's eh. the cross crosstown rival i mean for a preseason game you say it may not matter but this will give them a goose from the standpoint of publicity if they do their job on the field in the la market um we'll get into this a little bit more and we see your calls lining up on uh whether or not you're going to be rooting for the aztecs this upcoming season instead of the chargers and we're going to get into this mcgregor hasn't been given a shot at all to beat mayweather i mean at all not a snowball's chance I'm telling you, he has a shot. And I'll tell you why coming up next. I'm Mark and Rich. Hey, it's Carson Hartman coming on the show this afternoon. We will jump around the NFL, NFL Network, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport's going to join us. We get underway at 3 on Extra 1360, Fox Sports, San Diego. Mark and Rich show rolling along. It's a Thursday already. My goodness. Normally when Mark's in here, uh, Thursdays get a little wacky. And um, quite yeah, frankly, Thursdays are wacky, Rich. Let me uh, tell you. Uh, <laughs> it's not about Thursdays. Pete uh, is in for Mark since yesterday. And I got to say, the wackiness uh, came early as a result. <laughs> um, but uh, don't forget that tomorrow, by the way, is free movie Friday all day long. You can text the code sports to Adam1. That's A T O. M and the number one for your chance to win Adam tickets. Want to go to the movies? Uh, keep on listening. So here's the thing. 
Uh, Conor McGregor, I think, has an actual shot to win this fight this weekend against Mayweather. How, pray tell, do you see this happening? We're going to get into that in a second, uh, but the comments the teasing. that we have gotten based off this opening conversation about whether or not San Diego can become a college football town are pouring in both in Twitter. We've got, we see you on the phones. We're going to get to you in a second. Um, you know, there are some people who are opining that if uh, you have Western campus expansion or if you have a 40,000-seat stadium, something we didn't address or discuss, all of a sudden you're going to get uh, a revival of interest in the team. Smaller stadium. Okay. Sure. But new. I think the right. point is a oh, new stadium. Oh, yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're talking about hacking off the top level of the queue or, the, yes. or now San Diego right. San Diego Stadium. I think what they're talking about is if if mm -hmm. you bring a new uh, bring it uh, to this uh, San Diego century. State environment uh, with a new stadium to Mission Valley restaurants, that, all of that yeah. other stuff that generally associate. Uh, that are associated with any stadium in this day and age where there's a whole lot to do there beyond going to the game. There's restaurants, there's movies, etc. Some people opining that the fan base is too sporadic in San Diego, just saying that it's just you're all over the place here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I look at it this way. I say Southern California in general, there's a lot of things going on outside of just sports. And like we were making the comparison back east or in the northeast where uh, the, the, the months that fall, uh, it's cold. You know, people mm -hmm. are kind of limited by their activities. And, and so maybe sports get a bigger, ju more juice because yeah. of that. But that's the convenient excuse, I think. There's so much to do in Southern California. You got the beaches. You can play golf 12 months a year. There's so much to do. It's just like it's hard to focus on a sports team. I think that's just the convenient answer that people use as the excuse when the reality is that it's just different in the Midwest and the way people follow teams in Boston and New York. And it's just different. I don't know why it is. I, I think the weather has a lot to do with it because you have seasons and the seasons are equated to different sports and so forth. So it kind of all works together here. We, we have some seasons, I guess, but you know, you could say that, when it starts to get, when the summer's starting to wind down and you can feel that little crispness, that little chill in the air, feels like college football to me. So it, it's just to a greater degree in the Midwest and the East. 570-1360, we go to the phones. Dan, you're up first. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts here? Do you think the Aztecs could take over instead of the Chargers being around? I think, I think they should. Um, as much for what you get as for what you don't get. I took my kid last year. He just started to play football, and I'm coaching his team. And, 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 and the thing that you get is you get, a, you get a, a team that plays well, that plays a team. What you don't get, you don't get guys yelling at referees. You don't get guys on steroids. You get a good team. You get a good team that comes out and plays a good team. We saw the Cal game last year. Great game all the way through. Um, the, the prices are like half. You know, and it, it's a good way for, for, for young players or for, or for young kids learning to, to learn the game and, 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 and learn it the right way. It's not about... You know, doing touchdown dances and oh, how can I how can I pat myself on the back? It's more about how a whole team comes together. Well, Dan, do you like the NFL? Are you a fan of the NFL? And if you are, what do you think are the the major differences? That because let, let's be honest, the NFL is still king. Why do you think that is? Why is the NFL a better product? Sure, sure. I, it, 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 well, it's it's more exciting and and and, and there's more glamour to it. Mm -hmm. I'm from Denver, so. 
I moved out here like 10 years ago, and I always wanted to kind of root for him as like my second team. But I just can't root for a team that the guy cries, the referees every time, and, <laughs> you know, he's going to go. And, then, and one of the first things that you learn in football is you, you never talk bad about your own player, especially on the field, because then it makes you bad, he's not going to want to play for you. And, and, and Rivers does that all the time. He'll run down the field and point a guy out, and in the end of the game, Rivers doing an exception. Damn, when you your fault, never my fault. We're college. They they just are all one team. Nobody's pointing fingers. They just let's just go win. You know? I I don't I don't I disagree to a certain degree. Look, to an extent, you're right. I disagree to a, a a degree because I've seen that in college as well. Dan, have you ever brought your kid to a Chargers game while they're in town? No, because you know what, the the fans get belligerent, and they're if you wear a different ah. jersey, they're just they're all over you and cussing, and, and he's too young for that, and I don't want him to put him in that situation. Yeah, Dan, and thanks for the call. I, I think that's one of the, the bigger selling points to the college game over professional football. You hear all the time that college football is more of a community event. It feels safer for people to go. Uh, Willard, you know, he's got three young kids. He says, I won't bring them to professional football games. I have a two-year-old. I bought him with me to the family section uh, during the Dolphins game, he slept in mine and my wife's arms the entire game, and we were we were in amongst the players' families. One of our one of my buddies still playing got us tickets, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't the same environment. But yeah. I I know what he's talking about because when sometimes when you walk through the parking lot, you're not down in the Serengeti. You're uh, uh, well, <laughs> you, you, you you walk through the parking lot, and and you know there there are times. When I was doing the pregame show for the Chargers and the Raiders were in town, they took over. Yeah. They took over last season. That's a unique experience. I, I wore, yeah, I wore neutral colors, though. I didn't wear like a Chargers shirt or polo or anything mm-hmm. like that. I wasn't looking to get you know things thrown at me on my walk to the stage setup. What, what Dan said to me kind of sounds like the argument between going to Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. Okay. It's more laid back. The uh, fundamentals are emphasized a little bit more. So there's a variety of things that are different and maybe a little bit more amenable to a wider base of people. I hear that all the time about there are people that don't like professional baseball because of the price, the crowds. I like the game, but I don't like to deal with all the hassle yeah, of it, right? Everything else and that with, comes with it. With SDSU, you get a pretty good product on the field. It doesn't cost as much. There aren't as many people there, so the rat race isn't as big. So there there are a lot of favorable aspects to it. It's still a, up. Oh, I got a melee between the Yankees and the uh, the Tigers. Oh, Bench yeah. is clear. Well, there you go. We're talking Very about pro nice. sports compared to Yes, uh, exactly. You don't see that in college sport. all that much. Yeah, right. you don't see bench clearing brawls. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that you see when the amount of I mean, perhaps the amount of money's on the line, but also when you're not you're not able to hold education over the heads of an athlete because the like I remember when I was I was playing in college I there were there were times where I was like yeah you know you can't take this too far because what you're be, what you're gaining from being here is a lot more than just uh-huh. money it's not just about the dollars um but winning is very important and I think that's a that's a faction of this too the fact that the Chargers left and had only won 9 games over the past 2 seasons and San Diego State has won 22 22 regular season football games, discluding the two each of those two years that they won in the postseason. I mean, that 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 speaks loudly to me. 
a winning product on a field is a lot more entertaining than a losing one. So I think that's what's gonna. I think that's what's gonna draw a lot of eyes this yeah. season. You I create think your this own was, buzz when yeah, you win. Right. If this was a six-win football team last year, I don't think pe- that nearly as many people would be as excited to go check out an Aztecs game this year, especially early in the season as last year. Uh, we see you on the phones. We're gonna get back to this in a second. Connor McGregor. Speaking of winning. Um, I honestly think he has a a fair shot. You think he's got a puncher's chance? I don't even think it's a puncher's chance. I'll tell you why he has a shot. Uh Floyd Mayweather is a master promoter. (laughs) No, well, no, he's a he's a tremendous he's a tremendous defender, and all those things you're saying are true. He is old. Uh, He has been called soft for the way he fights, but I think it's a smart fighter. But he's also a better promoter. I think that if they get in the ring together. And this fight has the cachet that it's had already. (laughs) I think that Floyd... Calling for the fix. I think that Floyd is going to make this... He's going to make this fight lean closer to Conor McGregor. And he's a skilled enough boxer to make it look like he's trying, but Conor's doing a really good job. I'm calling for a -a rope-a-dope. That's what I think Mm -hmm. he's going to do. And I think when you do that, when you actually practice giving somebody else a chance, you, you leave yourself open to be knocked out easier. And I think there is an outside, like you said, a puncher's chance opportunity for Conor McGregor to have the huge upset here. Not a chance in hell. I don't don't know much about boxing. Uh, I will not be watching this event. But I do know I don't watch Conor McGregor fights. I don't watch Floyd Mayweather fights. Uh, I'm not a fan of the UFC. I'm not a fan of Floyd Mayweather because his fights are boring. Yeah. But what I do know and what I've heard from a lot of people that – pay very close attention to this is that Floyd Mayweather is one of the most skilled boxers ever, not pound for pound, just as a tactitioner. Suspend. He's he's a skilled boxer. He's a skilled boxer. Yes. Suspend your disbelief for a second and imagine a scenario where Floyd's trying to make even more money than he already has. (laughs) You know, he's not going to, he's not going to put the record. I'm not saying he's going to lose on purpose, but I'm saying he might make it more of a fight so that Connor has a case for a rematch. And then okay, if you do that, still, but if I put my money on McGregor, I'm still losing if that happens. Yes, yes. But my point is, if you do that, uh, you avail yourself to a knockout. You're saying that uh, I'm saying that he's going to play down to the level. He's pulling a the bit. rope a little bit too close to him. Exactly. Okay. And All I right. say he leaves himself open. I'm just I give I give Conor McGregor a boxer shot in this match. I really do. I think I, I don't think it's going to be any more of an exciting fight than anybody's predicting. I think it will be a boring fight. But I think if if Floyd does anything other than how he prepared for Pacquiao or some of the other great fighters that he I mean, Hall of Fame fighters, he gives Conor McGregor a boxer's chance. Uh, coming up next. Boy, I'll tell you, somebody's night was ruined last night. I mean, in a big way in extra innings. We're going to fill you in on who that is in just a moment. Mark and Rich. Does it look more like Jared Goff can actually be the guy for the Rams? We'll check in with one Rams insider at 8.15. Also, one team in the AFC West wants Phillip Rivers badly. We'll tell you who that is. See you at 6 a.m. on Extra 1360 Fox Sports, San Diego. Mark and Rich show rolling along. If I were to guess an AFC West team that wants Phillip Rivers badly, I don't think you have to look too hard. It would be the Denver Broncos. They right now have two backup quarterbacks in their quarterback room fighting it out. And they just named Trevor Simeon the starter. Uh, But this guy has to fend off the likes of Mark Sanchez, 
Brock Osweiler, and now an underwhelming first rounder in Paxton Lynch in his time with the with the Broncos. I mean, just think about the names I just said. It's not like the elite, the best of the best. We're talking about other backup quarterbacks. It's uh it's not a great look in Denver right now. So yeah, if anybody's interested in a Phillip Rivers, it would be uh Denver. Hey, coming up on flipping headlines in just a couple of minutes, um, we're going to check in on this uh Rich Hill fiasco. Extra innings. Fiasco. He had great a perfect performance. game. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's a fiasco because he had a perfect game going yeah. all the way through the ninth. Yeah, the through no the eighth, no eighth, yeah. it was the well no the perfect game was through eight. The no hitter was through nine. No, no, through ten extra innings is the walk off, right? right? I think he had the perfect game running until the ninth inning, and he got he he they got a uh, uh, error forced a uh, 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 right, a but base that was at the first the first batter of the ninth inning, so it went through eight. I think we're arguing over semantics here. I think we are. <laughs> yes, okay. I think the you're, no, right. No, you're right. You're the right. The no no disrupted obviously yes. the, with a walk off home run that makes history. We'll check in in Pittsburgh on that story. Um, first I, I, uh, I wanted to, well, actually reacting to a look ahead for Judson. I want to ask you this question. If, uh, if you tried to guess, uh, uh, what, what team Pete, uh, because you walked in the door a second late after a break here, what, what team in the mm -hmm. AFC West mm -hmm. would be interested in Phillip Rivers? Let's quiz you here. Oh, uh, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> There's just no question about it. Right. You have Alex Smith and Raiders. Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Derek Carr just got paid $125 million. That so was yeah. his tease for tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> all right. No, I'm not throwing shade. I mean, look. <laughs> uh, we're taking your calls all day. That's on... so funny. That's that's the punching bag from one show to the next here is the, the, the teases. The look ahead. What the heck were you thinking when you said that? Uh, the... Really? You think, Judson? Really, Mace? Talking about punching bags. Or uh, Chargers... Hartman, rather. <laughs> yeah, Hartman. <laughs> the Chargers uh, are punching bags now here in San Diego. And, uh, mm. I mean, like, for rightfully so. The relocation obviously broke a lot of hearts. We're taking calls. <laughs> and tweets and texts all day long, 70470. Start your message at Extra if you want to text the show, at Pressbox Pete, if you want to talk to Pete Fox, at Ornberger for me on Twitter. Um, they're coming in fast and furious because we started the show by talking about whether or not this can be a football town or a college football town with the Chargers leaving and the Aztecs being as winning of a football team as they are. We'll get back to that in a moment, but for right now, let's uh, flip some headlines. Okay, first stop and last stop, we head out to Pittsburgh, talking to Joe Starkey, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, on this Rich Hill start, almost a perfect game, then almost a no-hitter, and then a loss. The Dodgers lose to the Pirates on the road, but a crushing loss for the pitcher who almost had the no-no. Uh, what was the feeling inside of PNC Park when this was going on? You know, it's funny because I was just listening to my station. I do I do talk radio normally. The Pirates are on today, so I was listening to the show before mine, and people were conflicted, even in Pittsburgh, even though it was a nothing-nothing game. And, and that was the feeling for those watching on TV, and I think in the ballpark, was would you rather see your team, which is pretty much out of it right now, win the game, or would you rather be able to say you saw history? So it was weird, like when, when Sean Rodriguez struck out on what was probably a bad call, or definitely a bad call, 
I think some people were mad about that. Like, like we want to see history being made here. So this has happened two times to the Pirates. The last time to them in 1959. Did anyone know that? Was anyone aware of that stat? Was that thrown around quite a bit in the discussion of the post game? Now, which stat are you talking about? Well, the Harvey Haddock's 12 and two thirds perfect game in which he gave up the home run to Joe Adcock and lost. So a similar situation. I think it's interesting. The Pirates were involved with both of these games. The only time it's ever happened in the history of baseball. For sure. And this was the only time ever that a no-hitter was broken up on a walk-off. And I asked Rich Hill after the game, I said, were you aware that a Pirates pitcher named Harvey Haddix went through something something similar to this? And he had no idea who Harvey Haddix was. <laughs> but in the end, he's one of the few people on earth who can relate to what Harvey Haddix went through that night, where he threw 12 perfect innings and lost on an error in the 13th. Um, and Hill, I thought Hill took it remarkably in stride when we talked to him after the game. He didn't, he didn't have the appearance of a guy who was completely crushed by what happened. Um, he gave the Pirates credit. He said, I threw a bad pitch. And uh, he seemed remarkably sort of uh, together, especially when you consider last year, just about a year ago, he got taken out of a, a no-hit situation after seven innings because of a blister. Well, the fans at PNC Park wanted to see history, and they did. The no-hitter broken up by a walk-off home run. Joe Starkey, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Well, that's fascinating information. And that's a wrap for today's flipping Headlines. Yeah, Headline I, today. That is it. Well, sure. I mean, I, look, that was a big one. I, I, I mean, like, given the history, the rich history of the sport, the fact that this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah. Um, I do you do you suspect that that could change a pitcher? Like, could, no. could, like you don't believe so? No, not for the negative, only for the good. Because he, you know, he pitched very well, and uh, he's not a guy that throws the ball remarkably hard. You know, tops yeah. out about ninety two, ninety three. He's got two pitches: the fastball and the big twelve to six curveball. So he's been very good for them over the past couple of months. So this is not going to be something where he's going to hang his head and feel like he 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 blew it. Obviously, there were a couple of different angles to this story. Now, everyone. I mean, I am among the people that think you leave that guy in there just to see what happens. But there are people that say there's there was nothing to gain by sending him out there for the tenth inning. Yeah. Because even if he got through the tenth inning, they'd have to he'd have to come back for the eleventh. So it would have gone on and on and on. So still that, a lower pitch count. He was just brushing up against a hundred when yeah, it, when the yeah. extra innings began. So I kind of understand it. Uh, all right, look, coming up next, there was a huge issue with the ratings. The NFL last season, and I'm telling you, nothing will change this season. I have the facts and data to prove it. Also, we'll be joined by Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, he just had a conversation with Dean Spanos up in LA, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out exactly what old Dino's thinking about this attendance problem this preseason for the Chargers is coming up next on Mark and Rich.